<laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Merch Money. Today we have Hannah with us. And Hannah, I've actually got to meet twice, two different meetups. So welcome, Hannah. Thank you for having me. Wow. It's, it's, Hannah's amazing. We'll, we'll get into it, but she, uh, she has been an inspiration um, just with her, her full-time job and then everything she's been able to do with print on demand and merch and all of that. So, um, well, let's first go around and, and just kind of catch everybody up on what we've been doing this week. I've had a crazy week. Christina, you want to go first? Sure. Um, my week's been not as crazy as yours. <laughs> so, um, I've basically been uh, kind of focusing on uh, my merch business and getting uploads done, um, getting uh, trying to get to tier, tiered up to tier, tier 10,000. So um, I finally... Yeah, finally got my uploads there. So hopefully next time they, you know, do tear ups, I should Yay. qualify. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing I've been working on is um, so as many of you know that I have VAs that work for me, and um, one is a graphic designer, and then I also have two illustrators. So um, what I've been doing is having the illustrators put some graphics together um, for some of the upcoming holidays. So some nice hand-drawn graphics. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So um, we'll be offering those through probably Merch Money here shortly. Um, she just finished up some Halloween and she's working on some Thanksgiving and you guys are going to love these. She's amazing. So they're both amazing. But yeah, so I'm excited to be able to offer um, some affordable hand-drawn graphics to the Merch Money community. Yay, I can't wait. It's so yeah. exciting. I've been wanting graphics forever. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. I'm so glad that you're taking the initiative and, and doing this. This is amazing. Yes. Yes. So that's what I've been working on. Awesome. Well, I just got back from Atlanta. I um it was just a crazy whirlwind weekend. My stepson came with me. We um got to go visit my brother in Atlanta. Uh, I got to, you know, walk around. It was a beautiful weekend, perfect weather. Uh, I got to see the botanical garden there. It was just a wonderful weekend. And then had a meetup, got to meet uh, some great people from our group at the meetup. And um, got to go visit my husband. He's in a training for the National Guard in Alabama. So we left, left on Sunday from Atlanta, went to Alabama, and then came back today. <laughs> It was crazy, crazy weekend, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, I also, I'm going to be updating the meetup schedule um, probably tomorrow. I posted today about a, another meetup that's being added on in September in Maryland. Um, one of the guys that I met at, well, I had met him before, but I saw him at the Midwest Ecom Conference. He lives in Maryland and had been wanting to set up a meetup. So we're going to do a meetup together in Maryland. Um, so I'll update the upcoming events. We have one coming up in Raleigh, North Carolina with Jason Houston and Tara Forkins uh, Lake. So that's coming up August 24th in Raleigh. And then we have one September 7th in uh, Springfield, Maryland. So. I may I may squeeze a, a one in there as well. So, oh, um, good. yeah, yeah, I've been hanging out at our uh, little lake cottage recently. So I may do one up here in either the Sandusky, Ohio, or Toledo, Ohio, or 
Cleveland area, somewhere up north, maybe. So nice. Yeah. So drop us a comment. And uh, if you're up this way, let me know and I'll get something scheduled. Perfect. Awesome. So Hannah, welcome. Thank you for having me. Christina, nice to meet you. Via nice to meet you too. Yeah. I wish I could have made it to the, the meetup that you went to with Helen. I know. I know. It's so funny because so we met last summer at a meetup and there were like three people there. And then this summer it was just the two of us. But so if anyone's from New York or New Jersey, I would have met you already because you should have come to a meetup. <laughs> I know. It was so funny. I set up the very first meetup. Well, it was, yeah, it was the very first meetup. I had met one other person just for lunch, but this was like, okay, I'm going to set up an actual meetup. And <laughs> Hannah was the only one that came that I hadn't specifically invited. Like I got one guy that I knew from FBA. I'm like, you have to come to this meetup. And I dragged my sister and her husband. I'm like, you have to come. And then I was like, I hope someone comes. And Hannah was the one that came. <laughs> so that was, but we had such a fun time. And then I couldn't believe it when I scheduled the meetup again, that she's like, Oh, I want to be there. And I'm like, really? She went to the terrible first meetup and she wants to go to the second one. But I couldn't make it to the second one. It was the one day I wasn't around. I was actually in Philadelphia, but there was a blackout anyway, so I probably wouldn't have made it. Yeah. No, yeah, nobody could make it. It was terrible. I was just sitting there at the restaurant like, seriously, again? <laughs> and then I finally realized that there was a blackout and that's why. And eventually people came, a few people, but... Anyway, I got to meet Hannah the next day because um, she was coming back from Philadelphia and I was still there in Hoboken. So um, so we got to have brunch with my sister again. So it was like a, a recreation uh, of that tiny first meetup. That's so cool. <laughs> so we'll tell everybody a little bit about your background. I know um, you have an amazing job. So I think we should start with that, like how you got into that and, and tell them about your job. Okay, so currently on top of doing like Amazon merch and having Shopify, I actually work full time 50 hours a week. I'm an assistant planner for a corporate retail company. Um, so we have 40 department stores and I oversee um, kind of all the allocations of the product to all 40 stores. So I'm looking at what we're turning through in terms of inventory and replenishing into it every single month. Um, I oversee six people on my team. So I have a real job on top of coming home and then trying to hustle a little bit and make it on Amazon. Um, but like a little bit about my background. So I've kind of always been creative my whole life, always interested in fashion. If you see behind me, there's actually an industrial sewing machine behind me. I went to school, I went to FIT for accessories design. I have my bachelor's in accessories design, so leather handbags, shoes, belts, small leather goods, what have you. That's what my background and training is in. Um, but I've always kind of interned in the fashion, wholesale, retail space, always wanted to be involved in corporate, always wanted to be a part of something bigger than myself. So I interned for a clothing designer starting when I was 17. I actually, I live in Jersey, so I would commute to the city. Um, um, towards the end of my senior year of high school, I would leave school half a day, go to the city, and I would intern, and then I interned my summer there. Um, and they just kept asking for me back, so I interned in wholesale and production. So I worked in their showroom, and that's where you sell the goods to retailers. And then I also worked in production. 
And ironically, when I was 19, I started a sunglasses line with my best friend. That was um, amazing when you were telling about that. That whole story, we got to go in more depth later, but, but keep going. Um, we started a sunglasses line. It was kind of just something that happened. It, it There was no intention behind it. It just literally fell into our laps. And it was really successful. We did three seasons of it. And then we wanted to grow it, but that's like the one thing I love about Amazon merch is you don't have inventory to grow a sunglasses line. You had to put down like a $10,000 deposit for inventory. And I was like, where am I going to put all this inventory? What if it doesn't sell? You have to order everything so far in advance to get it into stores. So it just became a little bit bigger than I was. And I was still in school. So I was like, you know, I think it's time to put this on the back burner, focus on school, getting a real job, figuring out what's next, because I just don't have anywhere to store 10,000 sunglasses. Like, <laughs> my parents were like, hard no, can't use a garage, can't use a room. So we had nowhere to put it. So that, you know, hindered things a little bit. And then I finished school. At my, my last year of school, I got kind of bored um, with my curriculum because it was just my thesis, essentially, which was creating my own collection. And I work really well under pressure, and I don't like having lull time. So on top of creating a thesis that would kind of determine my career, I decided to start selling shirts on Etsy. And I was actually printing them myself. I got a Cricut. I was doing iron-on vinyl, printing them myself. I didn't own any inventory until someone placed an order. I would order the shirts and then make them. Um, but that was a lot of work. So I was going to school, you know, 40 hours and coming home, making 60 shirts a night, sending them to the post office. Um, and then my ex-boyfriend, boyfriend at the time, um, introduced me to merch. He was, um, selling apps on the app store. So he was invited in the first rollout of merch and he was like, I don't have characters. I just make knockoff Candy Crush games. So do you want my account? I was like, yes. Oh, we um, got to talk about that real quick. When merch first started, they were not thinking of it the way it is right now. They were thinking of it specifically for app developers and gamers. So that's why he was invited to the first rollout. Like, yes. it's so funny. Like, when it first came out, I didn't even know I could apply. I didn't think it applied to me at all because I thought it was just for app designers. Yep. And even now, as I say that out loud, I'm like, are they going to kick me off? Because they didn't really invite me. But sure, she like, added herself. I'm yeah. sure I've like surpassed expectations, and it's fine at this point. Yeah. Um, but when I first got on merch, this was 2017. It still was only one T-shirt available. And it just seemed like a lot of work compared to Etsy. I already had like a solidified customer. I didn't really understand the whole merch platform at first. So I never really took off with it. I did sell on Seller Central, but then again, it was still me printing the shirts and then put that on the back burner when I graduated because I just had to focus on school. Also, I got banned from Etsy. So um, make sure that you don't use trademark infringing things in your hashtags or titles, even if the shirt has literally nothing to do with it, because you will get banned for life on Etsy. And, oh, it's no. and I'm really sad about it. Now, supposedly, you can write an appeal 
to get like if you show them the steps that you've taken to like redeem your account but I haven't had time to do that yet so mm -hmm. if you are selling on yet Etsy and on Amazon please be super careful because it's not a joke one day you will wake up and your source of income will be completely gone and you wow. don't get any of your customers from Etsy. You don't get any of the information. You can't even log in. You can purchase things from Etsy because they'll take your money, but you cannot <laughs> have an account. So be very careful. I know now, check tests for everything, check trademarks, check copyright. Um, so I definitely will never make that mistake again. Um, but put that on the back burner, got a job, started working my corporate retail job. This was um, in October of 2017. In about March, about six months into working, I decided I was bored because I thought you were going to say you decided to go to a merch money meetup. <laughs> That's what it was. Summer, but I got bored at work. I just felt like I was in the same routine every day, and I was bored. So I was like, you know what? I have this merch account that I haven't really done much with. Let me fire it up again uploaded i could only upload 25 shirts at the time uploaded 25 i was like let me see what happens i literally got teared up in a week to 100. so i was like all right well game on now i have a new challenge took yeah. on merch as my challenge also sold on seller central but using printful integration and started selling on amazon again built a really niche instagram community up with the shirts that I was selling. Um, it's now at 15,000 followers. So it really, really grew and it's a real loyal, engaged niche. So um, because of that, a lot of the people in the niche are international. And this was before Amazon rolled out to the other countries. I was also selling on Seller Central in every country, but it was just it was so many different links. It was hard for me to really just one link get the sale. It was taking me a lot of effort. So that's when I turned to Shopify with the Printful integration, set up a Shopify, and now smooth sailing. All I have to do is post a picture on Instagram, one product link tagged on through Facebook shop, and I'm good to go. So that's a lifesaver if anyone has international requests. And that's kind of where I am now. That is so awesome. I, wow. I'm so happy you came on this show and I'm so happy I got to meet you twice now. <laughs> um, it's, it's so, it's so inspiring to hear your story and how much you're able to do at the same time and keep all the, everything going, your, your job, merch, Shopify, all of that. That's amazing. I can't even, I can't even fathom. I mean, how, and how old are you? You just graduated in. Oh, I'll be 25 next week, actually. Oh my God. I, I think it's so exciting. I posted a post like, when was it? Like a month or two ago about how I really wanted Gen Xers on the show. And like, I'm there's a almost 20% of our viewers are 25 and under. And there's a lot that are 17 and under. And so I was like, I want to get some of them on the show. And like, as soon as I said that, it was like Hannah and. Um, uh, ben from a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I don't. Are you technically a millennial, or you think I'm are a millennial? Millennial. Okay, yeah. but you're right on the edge. Like you're you're a young millennial. I think I'm like the edge of it. But at work, sometimes they'll be like, "I need help with someone." Does someone is there a millennial around? And I'm like, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. I'm the old end of millennial. Like I'm 
a lot of people call it zenial because I'm like 83. So it's, uh, mm, you're on the cusp. You're in between a Gen X and a, a millennial. Like you don't really quite fit into either one. Um, but anyway, so I'm very excited that you're, you're here. And, um, I, I, I love millennials and young, like the young end of millennials into Gen Z because it's like so much of the stuff that like, that I hesitate with and some people older than me hesitate with, it just comes so naturally. Like Instagram is such a good platform that I completely ignore. I'm still stuck in the Facebook world because <laughs> I'm the same age as Zuckerberg. Um, well, at least you didn't say MySpace, so. <laughs> oh my God, I stayed on MySpace. Uh, the reason I didn't stay on MySpace as long as is because you had to know a tiny bit of coding. Like you had to do HTML, and I was just yeah. like, "Oh my god, I can't do this." I had a MySpace when I was in eighth grade, and my parents found out I had a MySpace, and they uh -oh. freaked out that I was on like social media because that's how long ago it was when it like it was so foreign and unknown that it was like an unsafe. Space, essentially. Yeah. So I wasn't allowed, I got like banned from my MySpace from my parents. They like blocked <laughs> it from the server. I was like, okay. But I grew up when I was in high school. I waited until I was in high school to get a Facebook. A lot of people got them when we were still in middle school. And I was like, it says it's for people in Facebook, like uh, in high school. So I'm going to wait. Literally the day I graduated eighth grade, made a Facebook. So I did grow up with Facebook as it was becoming. I did grow up with Twitter as it came out and Instagram so I, and Pinterest, all these social platforms. So I yeah. do have that natural advantage that I was just the first generation on the app and I've watched them all grow and evolve. So I think from like a user perspective, I do have that advantage that I already know the basic way people are using the apps. Um, I don't use Facebook very much for advertising purposes. I only use it for the shopping catalog. Um, I don't use Twitter for social media, per like for business purposes, but that's like my favorite form of social media is Twitter. Yeah. I just haven't figured out how to like advertise and monetize it. But in terms of scrolling, everyone's miserable on Twitter and no one's like posting a highlight reel, everyone's real. So I'm like, this is my platform. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate social media. That is like the number one thing. All of my friends know I actually quit social media in 2017. It was my New Year's resolution. No social media because I think it is so unhealthy. So 2017 and all of 2018, I went no social media. I returned to social media this year because I realized how important it was socially in our generation to keep in touch with people. So I am back on social media, but I've just changed what I look at on social media. So instead of on Instagram watching bloggers living their best life in a bikini on a beach must be nice. Instead of seeing that all day, I'm following trends. I'm looking at competition. I'm searching Etsy sellers. I'm looking at what other people are doing. So when I, you know, I'm 25, I do come home from work. I do like to decompress a little bit and scroll through social media. I've just changed what I'm looking at. So when I'm scrolling, I'm constantly researching. That's right. so awesome. Wow. Wow. So, so this, tell us more about this Instagram page or this Instagram following that you built. So, um, I will admit I had a little bit of help when I first started the Instagram. Um, my ex-boyfriend was an entrepreneur and he had um, one of the apps that likes and comments for you. 
on Instagram. So that did build it up to about 3,000 followers. The rest was all on my own. But I think that is the biggest, most important thing about social media that we all forget is the social aspect of it. You have to be engaging with other people's content. Otherwise, no one is going to find your content. It doesn't matter the perfect hashtags that you use. You'll get 12 likes, but how can you get 24 likes? How can you get 36 likes? How can you get someone to follow your account? And so I think it's important that everyone is engaging on social media. If someone comments on your post, you're liking it, you're commenting back, you're liking their photos back. Um, a lot of it was done by searching um, competitors, truthfully, and finding, okay, let's say I like Forever 21, for example. And Forever 21 posted a tote bag with a funny saying on it. I sell tote bags with funny sayings on it. So I literally would go through everyone who liked that picture of the tote bag, and I would like some of their pictures in return. And then what do you know? Someone is liking my tote bags back. Someone is following me. So I think that's a really unique way that people aren't remembering social media. You have to be social on it. That is such yeah. a good tip right there. And I, I did, did that for Pinterest, but I totally, for some reason, Instagram, I'm like, I'm not doing that. I don't know why. <laughs> so. funny. I'm actually not social on Pinterest, but it is my favorite platform for selling anything because your pins on Pinterest live for literally ever. Yeah. Versus like Instagram and Facebook, they have all these algorithms working against you. So they want you to pay to get your posts seen. Whereas Pinterest, excuse me, Pinterest, their whole thing is organic. So if someone searches Starbucks knockoff coffee recipes or whatever to make it make at home, and you posted a shirt about coffee, for the next three weeks or three times that this person who searched Starbucks recipes on Pinterest their feed is going to be filled with things related to coffee. And that's where your pins come into play. So I think that's the best thing about Pinterest versus Instagram. Unless someone is directly searching a hashtag coffee, right. they're never going to find your stuff as a new user without you paying Instagram or Facebook to advertise it to them. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. so you have Pinterest also, right? Yeah. So one of my Pinterest, I was just looking. And it was an impressive number. So I was like, I'm going to quote it. <laughs> My Pinterest has, hold on. I started a new brand because I'm all about branding. I just think it's a little bit easier for me. And I, um, I did ask for help this year and I paid my little brother to pin all of my shirts under that brand to Pinterest for $10 an hour. He's 15. So it made his life. Um, oh. And I needed help because, you know, you just can't do everything on your own. Um, and that already got to 8,000 monthly viewers. And I started it two weeks ago. That's amazing. Um, but then my Instagram for the same niche, uh, the Pinterest for the same niche that is 15,000 followers on Instagram gets 322,000 monthly viewers on Pinterest. That's wow. insane. I know like four people. Oh my god! I don't know three hundred thousand people. That's <laughs> insane to me. That's amazing. So, and I'm not good at keywords on Amazon. I just not my strong suit. I would rather you know put up the title of it and then pin it to Pinterest because I'm a keyword clusterer, which is not welcome on Amazon. But I don't know how to like 
for some reason, you know, I work a corporate job, I know how to formulate emails and correct sentences in English. But for some reason, when I have to put like a product description that's gonna use keywords and capture an audience, I'm like, it's suddenly <laughs> a, a funny shirt, a great shirt, like I'm, I've got nothing versus I can put it on Pinterest and put funny fitness, workout, muscle, tea, dieting, keto, whatever, and you just cluster the keywords. And for me, that is more successful than pulling my hair out trying to formulate a sentence that has a string of keywords that's allowable on merge. Right, allowable <laughs> and under 256 I, characters. And, and yeah. doesn't like look weird to the customer either. Like what is this cluster that they put in there? Right. So for me, I I use Pinterest to my advantage. Wow, okay, so, so you, everything that you put on Amazon, then you, you or you pay someone to basically pin all of those to Pinterest yep. with those keywords, basically. Yep. Do you also put those on Instagram as well? Or? Um, yes and no. Like, so okay. for my niche, my, my niche, um, yes, all of those images are on Instagram. Um, my new brand that I'm starting, it was really just like a rush to get them on Pinterest really fast. And I'm going to start curating the Instagram. Um, probably this week. I just don't love the idea of posting just the plain mock-up t-shirt on Instagram. I don't find that to be particularly compelling. So like I'm going to make mock-ups of all of my shirts before putting them on Instagram just for this new brand, a little bit more of like an Etsy customer. I just, I, I want to understand who my customer is before I just like flood them with t-shirts because that's not going to get you anywhere so i think and that's another really big thing for everyone i know like this is my specialty because it's literally my industry that i studied to go into is designing something for a customer but really identifying who the customer is is really important if you are making things for moms make it girly make it cute make it in colors a mom is going to want to wear Speak the lingo of a mom in the descriptions or on Pinterest. Pin it with other things that a mom is searching for. Or if you're making football shirts, be very careful not to infringe on any copyright, but also like know who your customer is. If you are making football shirts, make a football Instagram. Throw up some memes about football. Throw up some weekly stats. Throw in a t-shirt here and there, but like know who the customer is. There you Absolutely. go. I like that yeah. rant. Yes. <laughs> so important. You <laughs> you examples. I'm just giving it away for free. <laughs> I know you're amazing. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, okay. So you, what is like your, your starting point for, for creating a brand? Like, what do you, what do you do first? Like, do you come up with uh brand logo and like fully brand everything or do you just come up with an idea like what is your process of so creating I'm, a brand and then building the social media so usually starts with a product for me product first know what i'm selling know who okay. my customer is and then everything kind of evolves around that my least favorite part of starting a brand is coming up with the brand name it is painful. It's hard. You don't know what, like, it, it sucks. <laughs> She's not, she knows, Christina knows. Like, it's not easy to come up with a name that's going to resonate with people. So my newest brand, I literally named after my dog because, well, she's cute. The name yeah. sounded cute. 
so I won't say her name in case anyone wants to search on Amazon right. for it. But like, so I went with my dog's name. I was like, that seems cute. That yeah. works. Um, then I did the logo. Um, really, but like, again, really looked into who my customer is. I want to um, try to capture that Etsy customer who literally doesn't know what Etsy is or is in a bind and needs their product in like four days. Um, so I really looked on who my competition is, what their logos looked like, what their brand lingo was. Um, so that's how I came up with the logo for it. Um, and, you know, kind of just everything that would go in that brand, like, I'm not going to throw in random shirts that don't make sense, like really forming the brand identity. Let's say my customer is a mom in her 30s, new mom, young kids, you know, wears fun, has those inspirational sayings throughout her home. Like, that's who the customer is that I'm trying to captivate. So I kind of just chose fonts that she would resonate with, chose a logo and colors. I hear my dog trying to break in. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can't say her name. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> um, so really just like trying to figure out what is going to resonate with that customer. That's kind of how I determined my brand. I'm so sorry if you can hear her banging on the door. Oh, no, I can't hear anything. You're fine. Um, so, okay, so you, you come up with a product and figure out your customer, who your customer is. And then do you um, do you kind of start the social media before you fully have everything, like before you have the, like, or do you fully make sure you have all the products done first? Yeah. Then you start, like, what's the order? Is if you start social media before you have everything, it's just a tease. Nobody likes to tease and no customer is coming back. You only have 20 seconds to capture a customer. So you want to make sure everything is up and running. If you're capturing a customer on Instagram, you want to make sure your product tags are enabled. If you're capturing someone on Pinterest, you want to make sure it's linking back to the correct design. Chances are 99% of the shirts we are all making, nobody needs. So if they click on a broken link, they're not going to search on Amazon for it. It's a lost cause. It's a dud. Oh, well. Yeah. So you got to make sure your links are in set. So I make sure I have everything up and running first. I also, this new brand is a little bit not me, um, not really my personality or what I've done before. So I really was testing it on Pinterest first to see if it was going to resonate with anyone before I wasted my time making mock-ups for Instagram and doing you know, extra research on competitive Instagram accounts that I wanted to kind of mimic. Um, so I really wanted to make sure I would get some sales on my products before, you know, wasting time to completely make the social media for it. Um, so do you test your products on merch first and see if you're getting yeah. sales on merch? Okay. And then once you get sales and you feel like it's a good product, then you start building a brand around it? Yeah, so I put it on I put it on merch and Pinterest. Those were kind of my first steps. I just find like only putting something on merch is really really hard right now, just because the market is so oversaturated mm -hmm. that like it doesn't it doesn't matter if I thought it was a great idea and I thought I was the first one to the t-shirt because the next day I'm gonna search and someone else is gonna put up a shirt similar to it. So I always put it on Pinterest. I already have my hashtags kind of 
solidified per board that I want to put the designs on. I'm really organized. I have a Google Drive, like a Google Sheets um, with every file name. I, you know, I have it really mapped out. So I'm organized. I know exactly what product is live, what comes down. And all while I'm doing that, I'll put what board I want it to go on on Pinterest and what hashtags I want attached to it. And so I know if I have a funny board or like, yeah, like a funny, funny fitness board, all the same hashtags are going to be the same regardless of what the actual shirt says. Um, so that's kind of how I get started on that. And then I really just need a few sales per brand. Like, okay, I sold three shirts, three different shirts in this style. I think it'll work. I'm like, okay, now I'll take the time. I will put them up on Instagram. We're also approaching Q3 and Q4, which is like, you got to spend money on Instagram and Facebook to get, you know, followings and things seen and not buried in people's feeds. So I really just wanted to make sure, okay, yes, this is going to work and it's worth my time. Do you, um, okay. So for Pinterest, do you have any group boards is one question. Do you, um, have any shared boards with like different brands that you have? Um, or do you keep everything very separate? So everything is very separate, but I do have shared boards and I've shared all of like my different accounts to certain boards, but they're all private. But that's like if I see inspiration and I'm on one account and I don't want to sign out of Pinterest or pin it somewhere and then someone sees it before I tuck it and put it on a shirt. So I have <laughs> shared boards that are like my collaborations between myself, all five of my Pinterest accounts. Um, but I don't have shared accounts with any other brands or you know influencers or anything. Um, I haven't really found Pinterest influencers. I mean, I know they exist, I just, I don't know. <laughs> For my sunglasses line, I used to get a lot of like comments and messages, private messages on Pinterest. But it was mostly from people with like a hundred monthly views, and they're like, "I want to promote your products. Please send it to me for free." And I'm like, "That's not beneficial." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I think it, it kind of depends. Like, if you are, I guess it, it depends on how strict you want to keep your brand, just your brands. Maybe you don't want other people to be posting and things. I did shared boards, and it really helped the account itself grow. Like, I got to 2 million uh, viewers a month on the account as a whole. So it does help you get more views, but I guess it could probably dilute your brand if you were, um, you know, you really want to keep your brand unique. Like, do you keep the, the name of your Pinterest account as your brand? Yeah. Okay. So you don't use your own name anywhere. You have it like, just like a store. If you okay. Google me, you'll find, well, my job, <laughs> you'll find my LinkedIn. <laughs> You'll find some pictures of me, but you won't find anything. This is like my first time I've ever publicly like spoken about doing yeah. merch or selling t-shirts. I've never even posted on Facebook, hey, I'm selling t-shirts. Now I did with my sunglasses line. So I was 19 and it was so exciting. Um, but now I'm like, nobody cares what I'm doing on Facebook. Like really, no one cares. So I don't put myself out there in that sense. I might rethink that come Q4 if I'm struggling a little bit and I got to start slinging some Christmas tree, uh, teas. But <laughs> for right now, like I keep it really separated. Um, 
I really love having the meetups because it's so many people that like, just like yourself, like you don't post in the groups or the comments and stuff. And it's like, it's so nice to meet everybody. <laughs> I remember like, with Chris Green. no, I was like that too. I didn't post anything. Probably the first like three years or so that I did Amazon FBA. I was just consuming content everywhere and I wasn't posting anything. And like Chris Green, I, I felt like I knew him so well and he was like, had no idea who I was. <laughs> and it was so funny because it's like I had followed for like years and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not saying anything. Of course he doesn't know who I am. And it's like, he's like always surprised when people come out of the woodwork, but it's like, he's got like 70,000 people or something in his group. It's like if everybody was commenting all the time, it'd be crazy. <laughs> I know a goal that I set for myself this year was to be more active in the Facebook groups because mm -hmm. I love merch and I love getting tips and tricks from other people. And as I said, I changed my feed. You know, I deleted a lot of people from high school who I literally don't care about. Yeah. And I started joining the groups and turning on notifications every time certain people post and you guys post in the group. So like I know, okay, something happened on merch. Oh, okay, this is a trend. Oh, Someone in another group still doesn't have pop sockets. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like that's what I've changed my my dialogue to be. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it because you are amazing. So many good tips. Um, uh, we should look at the chat. I think there's people asking you questions. Um, Sharon's asking, how many brands are you juggling? So I have two brands right now. And are you I still doing the, the sunglasses or you completely got rid of the sunglasses? No, but if anyone would like to buy a pair of obsessedshades.com, I've got 200 left. So <laughs> nice. We're going to have to discount. message me. Yeah, we're going to have to share that link. Get it, get it to Helen. We'll put, we'll drop it in the YouTube. If it, <laughs> if it fits with any of your other products, you can always have Printful fulfill the sunglasses too. Like if it fits with any of your brands. They're like custom embellished. They're already made. So, But they, they, they keep it. They keep it for you. They have warehouses. Yeah, my parents are keeping them right now. And that's free. So there's that. Um, but I... I stopped working on my sunglasses last year. It was my last summer doing it. It's very, very hard to run a sunglasses line when you live on the East Coast and it's only sunny for three months of, well, summery for three yeah. months of the year. And the sunglasses line, it's very Coachella, California driven. And so a little bit difficult to run um, in New York. But I tried, I, I did my absolute best. And then um, after last summer, I realized it was taking me more time to acquire a sale for my sunglasses than it was to acquire a t-shirt sale. And you know, time is money. So if it was taking me four Instagram posts to sell a pair of sunglasses versus one Instagram post to sell 10 t-shirts, it just kind of made sense of where I should be focusing my time and energy and also Amazon is scalable and the physical inventory that I already own is not. Also it's paid off so it's not really a burden if it sells or not because I had great profit margins built into that. Nice. Um, so I just really wanted to focus on, and like it's still sell, every once in a while I'll still sell one and I'm like, where'd they find me? Um, <laughs> because the Instagram page is like super cool and trendy and it, like if you can capture that customer, you 
they're good. There's a pin on Pinterest that is still every day. I get a notification. Oh, it got 200 saves. I'm like, I literally don't even sell that one anymore. So that was great. It, it sold itself. But for right now, in terms of um, time and growth and scalability, um, I really just feel like there is more opportunity in Amazon because I don't own physical inventory and I don't have to go to the post office ever. That's my favorite part of merch and yeah. FBA, but merch, especially because it's just digital. I mean, it's just a digital file. You don't have no inventory. And I think that's a big thing that like people don't realize. And I know I'm like very aware of inventory because I'm an inventory planner at my job. Yeah. So I understand, but like H&M has a $4 billion inventory problem. H&M is sitting on $4 billion worth of inventory that they cannot even give away for free. So like you want a business that's scalable, but low risk and merch is literally yeah. free. Yeah. I mean, when you have inventory, there's so many things that can go wrong. Even just like flooding your warehouse is in an area that floods and all of a sudden your inventory is flooded or it's in a, on a truck that had an accident or something. Like, I mean, inventory, things happen to inventory. Um, when I was selling, I sold grocery, uh, grocery items on Amazon for a little while and uh, it's like summer comes and chocolate melts. Like you have to just get rid of that inventory or things expire. It's so nice to not have inventory. Like it's my yeah. favorite thing. Like it's gonna be so hard to ever go back to inventory. Like I feel like at some point I'll probably want to do private label or have some kind of inventory, but whew, not this year. <laughs> no, I no. would warn against that. I just, yes. it's so, I mean, there's so many things you can do with, uh, print on demand that I'm like, why? Like, I don't want inventory. And there's so many other things outside of like Amazon, and I'm sure Amazon will continue to, you know, grow its product selections. I would love to see phone cases. I would love to see mugs on Amazon because, yeah, yeah. and again, oh, mugs, sure mugs and phone cases are already oversaturated on the Amazon marketplace, but like, they're. If they add tote bags, if they add stickers, there's so many more things that Amazon can grow and do, and it's free. Yeah. yeah. You have an account, that's why when people free. say it's saturated, I'm like, how? Like, we're not in all the countries. We're not, we barely scratch the surface of products. I mean, barely. Like, this is, in another couple of years, we're gonna be like, oh my God, I can't believe in 2019 they were talking about saturation. <laughs> Did you guys get, um, all yes. of the products in other countries because I didn't yet, so I'm pissed. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to say, did you guys get the, um, whatever that survey was where they were talking about, like, what what order would you like um, different new products? Like, they're definitely thinking about new products. Growing. No, I um, was Saturday and Sunday, I was, like, really feeling the panic of well, all my listings came down, like, the variants that didn't sell. So, like, the T-shirt sold, but none of the sweatshirts long sleeves. So, everything yeah. came down in, like, a wave Thursday oh. to Sunday. And so, I'm at tier 4,000, and I now only have 1,200 live. And so, I was, like, panicking on Saturday, <laughs> like, panic uploading oh my god cancel plans i have no shirts available we're heading into it's like back to school is coming and then right after back to school is pumpkin spice season and halloween yeah. and then it's christmas and i was just like spiraling and i was trying to mass upload things and i was pissed i couldn't upload in every country so i was like 
I'm like, I'm wasting my time because I'm going to do the same rendezvous next weekend when I get access, when I tear up, once I fill all my slots. So I was pissed. Yes. Yes, I do. I do have access. And I, I, if they had done it literally like eight hours sooner, it would have been fantastic for me. But yeah, I had just uploaded like six, 700 that day. And I was in the process of uploading and I'm getting start getting these weird messages like you didn't enter German text. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, or, or some, and I'm like, that's not even available there. And I look and suddenly these check boxes are there and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> so I hadn't even gotten the message yet saying that it was being rolled out. So I was like, well, I'm going to check all these boxes and just hope that this is a fluke or something. Like maybe they don't know they gave me access. So or maybe you're a beta tester. I know that would be amazing. I, I feel like I don't even get upset about stuff like that. Like if it's available or not available to me right away, because it's like, there's so much more coming that it's like, I'm, I also don't have phone cases yet. I also don't have this. It's like, but it's coming. Like it, yes. I've been excited about it the whole time. Like for anybody who's new to the channel, like <laughs> I was excited about merch way back when it was like three products. And I kept trying to explain like, this is a scalable business. You don't have inventory. More stuff is coming. We're at the very beginning, but it's like, it's hard for people to really see it until it starts happening. And I feel like people still aren't seeing it. And I'm like, don't you see like there's so many more products coming and this is just so phenomenal. Like this is such an amazing time to be alive and especially to be doing merch. Yeah. I, think I see a lot of complaints in the group, which is just so sad to me because it's like, it's literally an opportunity you would never have had. It's free. It costs you nothing. You own no inventory. This is so I don't yeah. understand why people are complaining. Oh, they sold out of black t-shirts. Oh, well, you should have thought accordingly and uploaded them through the Printful integration on Seller Central. So you had a backup. Everyone do that for Q3. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and even if you do run out of black shirts, who cares? There's so many other products and there's, it's coming. Like if you had a physical inventory product, and you ran out, you'd have to go order more from China or wherever. You'd be three months waiting for this shirt to come in instead of however long Amazon gets behind, what, like a week maybe? Like it's so fast at Amazon and they come back in fact so fast compared to if you were doing it on your own. Like it's just, I don't think people realize like what it's like to have stock inventory and keep track of inventory. You don't have to worry so much if the product is going to do amazing or if it's going to be a dud because if it's a dud, you wasted like however long it took you to upload. Yeah. You know, you wasted five minutes of your life or 30 minutes of your life if you designed it yourself. And if, it, if you upload something that all of a sudden takes off, you didn't have to worry about planning that ahead of time and having enough inventory. Amazon has your back and will send the inventory if, it, if, you, if you sell hundreds of something. And also so. your customer hates the shirt they bought. Guess what, it's Amazon. They return it, oh boo hoo, you lost your $5 royalty. You are now not sitting on a $25 loss. Yes. Yeah. A t-shirt yes. plus the refund, plus the loss on shipping. And now you have a t-shirt. Same. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just don't realize like how amazing this is. It's never existed before. Like this is the most amazing business that I've ever seen. And I think it's ever really existed. It's uh it's it's such a huge opportunity. Um and there's like almost no downside. Like I was uh, we were at the 
conference and we were talking about like insurance and stuff like you really got to worry about insurance and stuff when you're selling physical products and you're the seller on record like you sell a baby product and a baby gets hurt or something happens like you could go to get a lawsuit against you you could all these things with us this is a royalty we're not even a seller like there's i mean knock on wood i i'm sure there's probably something that could happen that i haven't thought of but it's so, it, it it's so much less risk than any other business model on that point if just Yes, 100% agreed. But if anyone is selling on Seller Central you or Shopify, you are the seller. Yes. You do have to pay taxes in yes. every state now if you reach over 200 e-commerce sales in that state. Um, yes. But also you are liable if something happens to your customer, even if they choke on your packaging that you sent it in. So yes. everyone get business insurance. It's literally $250. Like it's worth it better yeah. safe than lawsuit because they will sue you for everything you own yeah if something wow. goes wrong God it, it is very important that's why i that's why i'm so obsessed with merch and just keep talking about merch because you don't have to worry about any of that if you are the seller if you do have your own customer and your own business you have to have insurance so we um if you guys need help with insurance we i know a, a few people like i i had insurance when i was an fba seller um we met another uh company at this conference where they specialize in Amazon sellers and, and insurance specifically for them. They even have insurance if you get suspended on Amazon. They even have insurance yeah. for that. So um, yeah, just reach out to me if you if you need help with insurance. But it's a big deal um, when you have your own business to make sure that you're protected and and you know if you ever have to go to court or you ever have to do anything. Um, or you could just do merch. <laughs> Yeah, we do have a few more questions here yeah. in the group. Um, so we've got one um, that uh, Lance is asking, he says, finding the customer is hard for him. How do you go about finding your customer? And I asked him a follow-up question. He's trying to figure out exactly who his customer is. So he's having a hard time kind of identifying who they are, what they like. Okay, so I wish he gave an example, but that would be giving away something, so I'll make it up. I Let's know. say <laughs> your product is um, the Area 51 raid. That is okay. trademark, so no one put up a shirt like that. But all alien things are up for grabs. Um, so let's say you have alien shirts for the raid area 51, and you don't know who your customer is. Um, well, one, I would go into that Facebook group and see the people that are commenting on the page. I would search social media and start picking up some of the rhetoric of the things that people are saying about it. I would look at meme accounts. I would literally just search trending topics on Twitter, a quick Google search. Um, that will give you some more rhetoric of how to speak the lingo of your customer. The Area 51 customer is literally everyone. <laughs> the three of us in the group could be that customer if we wanted. So there's not a defined customer for that. So assuming you have a product where you don't know your customer, it's everyone. So you want to start speaking the rhetoric of what the people who are looking for that product are looking for. So if you have alien stuff, you put it on Pinterest. Also, a, a bunch of Tumblr girls, middle school girls love alien things. So that's also a customer right there. But you put it up on Pinterest, Raid Area 51, 
and you're going to cluster keywords. You're going to put alien. You're going to put NASA. You're going to put, I don't even know enough about this topic to give you keywords, but you're going to put NASA. You're going to put FBI. You're going to put secret. You're going to put conspiracy theory. And all of a sudden, you're going to start finding customers. There is no defined customer. However, if you were making shirts about basketball, a little bit easier to find your customer, but you're going to hit it with targeted keywords on Pinterest, not on Amazon. NBA, Knicks, Nets, Lakers. Golden State Warriors. I really hope that's a team. Um, <laughs> Steph Curry, um, Kobe Bryant. You're going to just start hitting it with things that you think people are going to be searching for, not necessarily your shirt. Um, I hope that helps answer it. If you want more help, you can private message me and I won't put on blast what your who your customer is. I'm just happy to help. <laughs> awesome. Um, we've got another question. Um, it says, do you post on Pinterest Pinterest with a direct link back to buy on Amazon merch? So I actually, on the Amazon page, directly on the product page, I click the little Pinterest button and I share it on Pinterest that way. Okay. Yep. Same if so you're you going to share it on Twitter so or Facebook. Sorry. You don't worry about doing a mock-up or anything. You just uh, share straight from Amazon. I, I do do mock-ups too, but I also think it's yeah. so easy to just, I mean, yep. I'm paying my little brother. See? Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that's what I did too. I mean, it's better to have your shirt out there than not put a pin up and it's going to slow you down if you do like a perfect mock-up and perfect pin and with the perfect exact thing for every single shirt. Like it's, they do, if it's a good shirt with that's funny and captivating, like people will share it. So, and also like on merch, we say like, if you sell a shirt that says, I love coffee and it sells one, you are going to now make 10 shirts that say, I love coffee in a million other fonts. It's the same on Pinterest. If I post a pin on Pinterest and it starts gaining traction directly from Amazon and it's starting to get 2000 views, even a thousand views. Okay. You know what? There's a customer, people are interacting, people are enlarging this pin, people are looking at it. I'm now going to take the extra 15 minutes to make a mock-up on one yeah. of those nice Bella Canvas flat lays that you can buy on, I think, design bundles, you know, or you could steal it from someone on Pinterest with us frowned upon. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, depending how good your Photoshop skills are, you're going to Photoshop it out. But then you're going to take the time to make a mock-up of it but you don't want to make mock-ups of every single 4,000 shirts that you've made and also think of the variance every shirt comes in at least five colors so if you have a thousand shirts live you're not making 5,000 mock-ups you want to only target the ones that started to gain traffic based off of your simple Amazon pin. I really should start charging for this advice wow I know like, you have all my secrets you here <laughs> Yes. Now I do have a question for you. So, um, okay. So what about, uh, let's say like a, a middle-aged to, to older man. Okay. Maybe that's the target customer and they're not really on social media. What would you do in that situation? Do you have any ideas for, you know, that's something that, you know, when I run into that, a lot of times I'll try to think about, you know, who might be buying that person a gift and target them instead. But, um, but if it's, you know, if it's someone that you don't think is on social media, maybe it's Facebook. a Facebook, you think, okay. So they're on older Facebook and they're most likely posting their political views. 
that no one cares about, but that's where they are. So that's how you want to target them on Facebook. You want to think of the social media that your customer is using. A lot of men are not on Pinterest. Pinterest is mostly a mom place. It's fashion ideas. I use Pinterest personally for outfit ideas, interior decorating, Trader Joe's hacks. Like yes. you want to think of who, the, who, what people are searching for on Pinterest. And Pinterest actually does a really good job out of if you, I think it's only if you have the business account, but it might be for everyone. And that's also free. But every couple months, they'll send you like what's trending, when are peak times that those searches increase. Um, oh, wow. So they do a lot to help you. It's free. I'm happy to post it in the Facebook group if you want. It's literally, I didn't pay yeah, for it. it. I just got emailed it. Um, but they'll show you peak times that certain trends, you know, come and go. Instagram, really everyone could be on Instagram. But, like, my mom has an Instagram, but it's to like me and my siblings' photos. And, like, some of her friends post, you know, pictures of their kids. So she is not really someone who is searching things on Instagram, but she is definitely someone that can be retargeted on Instagram. So if you want to do ads on Facebook, they also will appear on Instagram. So if my mom was searching dog beds, for example, for our dog, she might get retargeted with shirts about dogs. If you okay. do the keywords correctly on Facebook, for a man, like I think of my dad, he's not on social media at all. I'm like, how am I going to get him as a customer? And I really think it's targeting the people who are going to buy something for him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. We did have one, another question. Uh, someone wanted to know um, how long you had been on Etsy when, you're, uh, when you got banned. Like how long had you been building that brand? So I was on Etsy for about six months wow yes and I did like I profited ten thousand dollars in those six months, six months. Oh my and gosh. I gave 40 percent of the company to my ex-boyfriend which I regret so <laughs> wow I and but I was making them myself my margins were really good I used Jiffy shirts they're amazing um I also have a resale certificate, so, and there's no tax in Jersey. So that also was like, you know, something like a little bit more exciting for me. And this was back before we had to file sales tax in every single um, state. So it was a little bit easier, but um, my Etsy just kind of exploded. Again, it was driven through social media, through Instagram, um, really figured out my niche, um, used keywords, clearly keywords that weren't correct. So that didn't help, but it, it exploded. I mean, and you'll, I'll give this example because it's trademarked and you'll all understand why I got banned from Etsy, but I sold the shirt. Um, all my t-shirts were $19 and they cost $4 to make. Wow. And I sold sweatshirts for $25, Gildan sweatshirts, and those were $6 to make. So my profit margins were great. Um, also charged for shipping. Yeah, I don't absorb those costs at all. Um, so my profit margins were great, but I was at work a couple months ago and it was unfortunately the day Carl Lagerfeld passed away. I work for a fashion company. Aww. And one of like the head top dogs at my office walks in and she's wearing a sweatshirt that says, need money for Chanel. And I'm like, holy shit, excuse my language. <laughs> I know that sweatshirt. I'm like, try, like, she's 
head honcho, you don't want to like get too close. So I'm like, my lettering, that's my font. <laughs> that's a hundred percent my sweatshirt. So a few <laughs> minutes later, she comes over to talk to someone in my row. And I've literally never spoken to this woman before in my life. And I turned to her and I'm like, um, did you happen to get your sweatshirt on Etsy like two years ago? And she literally was like, no, it's from Chanel. And I was like, okay, I'm a hundred percent sure I made your sweatshirt. Are you sure you didn't buy it on Etsy? And she's like, holy shit. Wait, really? Sorry, language. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, sweating, I'm palpitating, I'm like unwell, I'm a little nauseous that I asked her that question because she was like, no, Chanel, like called her out for getting a $25 shirt on Etsy. Um, and then she like pulled me aside and was like, how did you make my shirt? And I was like, well, I used to have this t-shirt line. And then I literally pulled up her receipt. So I was like, I have the receipt. I know you bought it from me. Oh my God. Um, but then she like told everyone at work, like, oh my God, funny, she made my sweatshirt. And then I sold 10 that day at the office. So you never know, but you can't put that shirt up on Etsy because Chanel will see you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. But I mean, that that's the crazy, that's the first time I've ever seen someone wearing my shirt when I did not like give it to them or tell them to buy it. Um, so that was exciting, but that's kind of how it was so successful. I was selling things I really wasn't supposed to be selling truthfully, but I also sold stuff that said like the ocean made me salty. That's oversaturated. No one's going to sell a shirt saying that now. <laughs> you know, so it was like, it was so many different things. It was funny. It was sassy t-shirts and they were so cheap and affordable. So that's how I was able to do it. And also this was a few years ago before all the print on demand sites popped up and now everyone is selling the t-shirt in 10 different colorways and fonts. So it was a little bit easier to capture a customer back then. But again, Pinterest, Instagram, those are kind of my secret weapons. Awesome. Well, we already are at nine. I can't believe it. But I had one more question. Yeah. Um, do you do uh, collect email addresses and things like that? Like, Do you have an email list that you target as well? Yeah, so I actually was smart. If you are on Etsy, you can export a CSV file of all of your customers' data. I would do that like every single week just to retain that because you can get their emails and addresses. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if you can still get their emails. I know you can get their addresses if you feel like sending a postcard, but you can retain customer information in that way. Um, definitely on my Shopify, I have all of my customers information. I am actually having a call with Privy, um, at the end of the week to, I've maxed out the amount of page views per month. They allowed you for their free trial. They allowed you 5,000 page views per month. I now get 25,000 page views a month. So they were like, yeah, you're going to have to pay for this. And I was like, yeah, I can't afford it. So <laughs> we're going to have a call to see if I can negotiate, um, what the best deal is for that. And I don't actually do email marketing unless it's for like a big sale that I'm gonna have on my site. So like I only sent out an email Christmas last year and I only had 4,000 subscribers. So it was one email, one and done, um, sent it out. I did like a Black Friday sale, um, which is an awesome opportunity if you aren't selling on merch to do a Black Friday sale because I like, quadrupled my income on just four days of sales. So wow. 
um, it's insane. So like, that's what I use my email marketing for. So I need to figure out now that my list has grown so much for one store, what the best email provider option is. If anyone knows of one, please let me know. I've also heard good things about OmniSend, but again, I've also maxed out their list and I'm kind of cheap because I don't feel like spending $60 a month for email services that I only use once a year. Right. You could send more emails out. I just don't have the time. <laughs> and like, to be honest, do you enjoy getting an email every single day that know, there is a sale? Like, yeah, no, I, I don't read half of them. 90% of them I don't read. Yeah. So I just don't feel like, I feel like every once in a while it's best. And especially for me, I want full price sales on my Shopify because it is kind of high in demand. So I don't feel the need to have sales, but I do know that I can, you know, really quadruple, if not whatever a bigger number is this year, quintuple. Um, I would really like to do higher volume this year, Black Friday. This year is also really interesting, probably just more interesting for my retail job than anyone else. But uh, Black Friday still falls in fiscal November and Cyber Monday falls in fiscal December, if that means anything to anyone on how you get paid. Um, that's like yeah. really exciting that you kind of get it over two months. If you're using Printful, you might get a volume discount in November that could use towards your high volume in December. Little things cool. I'm excited about. Yeah. <laughs> But then wow. also like Black Friday and Christmas, I was like on the train panicking today because I was like, oh, I really got to up my game for just merch sales, like the high volume that you will do on merch on not just Christmas teas, but like your everyday teas that people are giving on like, I'm excited, but I'm a little nauseous and nervous. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Hannah. I, I, was there anything that we forgot to ask you or anything that you wanted to add um, that you think that we should know about building a brand? And um, No, I mean, I'm always open to questions. If anyone wants to private message me, if they want to drop me any questions in the groups, I'm trying to be more active in the groups because I honestly learn a lot from so many people. Um, and also just like want to be putting myself out there a little bit more. If anyone needs help with anything, I'm happy to help. I probably will not accept random people's friend requests on Facebook solely because I just don't use Facebook. So I don't really want to see your stuff in my feed is the nicest way to put it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm super tailored what I'm looking at, but like my uh, messages are open. You can at me in any group. I'm in a bunch of them. Um, if anyone has questions or comments, Please don't tell me I'm pretty. Like, it's weird. I, I'm here to sell t-shirts. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. You really are an inspiration. So thank yeah. you for coming on the show. Thank you for going to the meetups. Thank you for all for just giving all this advice um, to everyone and all these yeah. amazing tips. Well, thank you to you guys. I mean, Helen, as I mentioned to you, like, it is been so kind of scary to navigate merch when I first started because all of the groups were led by men and nothing against men but it is so nice to see women in power thriving and being successful and 
posting about their success and encouraging others. So thank you to you guys. Thank you to Brianna. Thank you to Amy. Yeah. You know, like, thank you to all of you. I know they're not part of this anymore, but like really like- They're still in the group. <laughs> it's been so encouraging to just see that like other women are doing it because like men, you do everything and you always get credit for everything. But like as a young female who wants to make it as something, it's really nice to see you guys and encouraging others and putting out all of the resources to make it happen. So I appreciate you guys. Oh, thank you, Hannah. All right, well, we can't wait to see everywhere you go and, and uh, everything I you know. do. Definitely post your successes in the group and uh, we'll all keep uh, celebrating your success with you. Thank you. I'm gonna post next time I tear up because dear God, if I ever upload all of these shirts that I have and I make it to a tear up, it will be something to celebrate. <laughs> Woohoo! Can't wait. All right, That's thank awesome. you guys. Right. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.